Hi, thank you guys so much for coming. Um, this is our first conference, so we're very excited to come here and um, just talk to you guys about what we do at BBC Minute. Um, my name is Saren. And I am Olivia, the one with a really long French surname, which we'll probably never be able to look up on Twitter, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start by telling you off a bit about ourselves. Um, BBC Minute is a radio news bulletin and digital radio service. Um, we also have digital video, and um, we are the youth brand of the BBC World Service. So today, we're just going to tell you about some secrets that we use on how we reach those younger audiences and of course why it's so important to reach this specific demographic. So why is it so important? Well the reason for that is because, hopefully my clicker works, is that going to go? Is it this one? Hi, oh, it's this one. There we go. The world is young. So have a look here. We're going to do some geography uh, and we're going to have a look at this map which has lots of different colours but the key one we care about is the green. So the green here basically represents the median age of countries in Africa and if we look at some of our youngest, Nigeria, Uganda, countries like that, the median age is around 15 years old and then we look up to Egypt, also down in South Africa, the median age is around under 20. Let's compare that with a picture in Australia, up in Asia, over in America, a very different demographic on average in the 40s. So that basically means there is a huge potential, uh, potential growth market that we as broadcasters, brands, whoever you are, need to start thinking about and attracting. And that is basically the reason why BBC Minute came into fruition. Yep, it was part of uh, the BBC World Service. We have a goal by 2020 to reach 500 million consumers. And BBC Minute thought instead of assuming or waiting for young audiences to come to the BBC, why not go out to them? Why not reach out to the areas where they are? So young audiences around the world, they all have one thing in common. We all want news that is fast, it's convenient, it's on the go, and we want it told by people who look like us and who sound like us, because there's nothing worse than being talked at as a young person who has an interest in current affairs, who's educated, who's aware of political situations, of what's going on in society, but to be lectured. Um, and that's why we decided to launch this product, which is extremely highly produced. And of course, we still follow the BBC's values in terms of impartiality, trust, and um, accuracy. And indeed, we're essentially responding to what we at BBC Minute like to call Generation Woke. Now, we're going to have a bit of a wordplay fun. Can anyone in this room please tell me what does the word woke mean? Over there? Like socially conscious, socially aware. Yeah? Nice. Any other answers? Okay, well, I think you pretty much um, hit it on the head there. It's exactly that. It's this idea of the young people wanting to be rabble-rouse. They want to be told kind of things that they didn't know before. They want to be engaged in the things that are driving this world apart, but also bringing people together. It's absolutely about social uh, consciousness. And I think earlier, actually, uh, before in the pre previous presentation, we were talking about this idea uh, about young people going to different platforms and different spaces nowadays to find their news. And I think, you know, back in the day, I remember when I when you know people my grandparents would talk to me they think oh I'm just a young person I just want to listen you know listen to top of the pops and pop music and I probably don't really care about political affairs but you know if we look at the Thomson Reuters Foundation their their research has found the complete opposite they found a huge appetite an ever-growing um, appetite in fact for international news but I think for us, what's really interesting is it's, it's not about a lack of appetite for news. It's about how we as broadcasters are bringing that news and that storytelling to a younger audience. So let's look at a couple of stats here. One interesting one, 
For example, Ali, he there talks about this idea that he wants to be riled up. His generation want to be engaged uh, politically and with the news agenda. But equally, look here, in terms of the African market, 76% of Kenyans who we uh, did research with basically said that they want the news to provide solutions to problems. So they they don't want to just be told hard news. They also, also want to look at people who are empowered and who are actually challenging the status quo and taking on the world in a positive way. I'm branching off of that as well. Um, the definition of news is changing, and at BBC Minute, we're kind of acknowledging that. Just because news is serious doesn't mean it has to be delivered in a depressing manner. And we've done a lot of, uh, our, our management teams have done a lot of focus groups in different countries, and the one thing that young people are saying is, they're depressed watching news. The reason why they don't want to consume news, it's, it's sad. There's another war in Syria. There's another war-torn family, you know. There is still, we are still able to get journalism that is inspiring, that is solution-based, and that shows, okay, the world can be a kind of a scary, dark place at times, but there's still a lot of good going on. And that moves us probably beautifully onto our next slide, which is BBC Minute. So let's tell you a bit about what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And as you can see there, we are the world in 60 seconds. So Saren, what does that actually mean in reality? So the world in 60 seconds. Basically, if, you, if you've ever heard a BBC Minute bulletin, it's probably like no other bulletin you've ever heard before. We have five stories that are completely bite-sized and relevant to our audiences. They're all from around the world, and it's interesting. We think of the ways we write. We think of how that's going to engage our audiences. We flip the agenda. Sometimes we don't start with the harder stories, but start with the more relevant stories. What are young people talking about? What's trending on Twitter? What will make the young audiences continue to listen to our bulletin, which, yes, it's only 60 seconds, but you have to remember now that our average attention span as humans is eight seconds. So if you, can't get, if you can't get people to pay attention for eight seconds, young people will turn off because if you're not good enough, we have, we have no time. We have no time to waste on things that we don't like. We will unfollow, we will switch off, we will find someone better. Hopefully you haven't all switched off, by the way. I hope you have a bit more than eight seconds. So we'll try and keep you engaged. And also, look, look at us. We look a bit different, hopefully, to what you normally see on the BBC. And hey, we're wearing orange. It's a form of red. So we're, we're derived from the BBC, but we, we stand out. We are different. We feel different. We sound different. And hopefully we are you. And I think also for us, one of the great and really uh, fantastic things for us about working on BBC Minute is just the sheer growth and the kind of uh, markets which we're accessing. So right now, we are broadcasting to nearly 30 partner stations around the world. So these are a, an array of some of them. Some of them are on traditional uh, radio stations, but also we're kind of um, collaborating with uh, Google Home, Amazon Echo as alternative ways as well where you can tap in uh, to the BBC Minute. So let's have a quick tour around the world of just some of the partner stations where we're operating, starting with... So this was when our team went on a trip to Dubai. We have a partner station there called Hard FM. This was taken back in March. The journalists went, they went to report on local stories, something quite similar to what we're doing here, actually, being at a university. They spoke to people in the area about what's interesting to them, what do they want to hear, what do they think needs to be heard, um, their voices and their opinions. And they also dropped into the partner station. It's nice to put a face to the name and just build that relationship. And uh, then next, our next stop is probably Lagos in Nigeria. Let's also hop to Egypt. Let's pop to Jordan, Lebanon. Oh, let's quickly go to Asia, to Hong Kong. And then before all that, we finally get here. Recognize this, anyone? Oh, actually, there we go. Back a bit too excitable here with my clicker. Oh, oh, one second. 
See, the BBC Minute is so fast that the, the, even the presentation goes in 60 seconds. So let's try one more time. But essentially, you might all have heard of the, the brand YFM. Yes, indeed. So they're one of our uh, big partner stations uh, here, obviously, in South Africa. So we popped in. Unfortunately, this is uh, not having fun. We might have a problem with the clicker. But yeah, so we went there to um, have a look around, do some training and collaborate. Um, and uh, for us, again, it's a, a real kind of reminder of, of the kind of audience that we should be uh, reaching and that all broadcasters need to be aware of. Because we were astonished just at how YFM all the presenters are young, they're all socially connected, and also they're interested in exactly the same things as we are interested in in the UK. So the world, if anything, for young people is getting smaller, and we need to think about that as well when we're thinking about the news we give them. So even though we have our news bulletins, which is our kind of everyday product that we broadcast on our, through our partner stations around the world, one of our partner stations like YFM actually broadcasts BBC Minute every 30 minutes, 24 7 7 days a week so basically all the time but on top of our um, on top of our bulletins we actually have a product we called our single subject minutes now this is an audio that you can find on demand or on our website which is just a quick 60 second bite-sized news piece into the biggest story of the day it kind of gives you a chance to delve into the story kind of get to know the context what it's about you're on the go if you're on the go and you kind of want to know what's going on this is what the SSM is for so you can see here just um, some, of the, some of the stories that we've done, uh, which we've broken down into minutes. Um, you probably all heard about uh, that really crazy story in, in Thailand about the cave rescue there. So actually we were on top of that really quickly. We saw it was, was trending. It was getting uh, kind of high up the ranks in a system we called, uh, which is called Data Miner. And we t churned that out really quickly into a minute explainer about just what's going on there. Also, you might have heard about um, the Indian WhatsApp story. So these rumors that are circulating on WhatsApp about um, ch children being kidnapped. And as a result, there's been kind of protests in the street and sadly some people being murdered. So kind of a variety. And then also we have your traditional sports stories. Um, but we also have, you know, things about people breaking the internet. That's such a common phrase and trying to, you know, that's it. We, we count that as news. These are people who are game changers in their industries and people who probably actually people the streets are talking about so we should be talking about them too and on that theme as well so we do one and a half of us is news but also we want to do kind of more feature style things so we have this uh, new product called bbc uh, minute on life which again is tackling kind of subjects and issues um, in a minute form. So here we have some of them. So we did a minute on Canada's cannabis legislation, a big kind of youth issue. Uh, we've done stuff about street art. Obviously, every single city in the world has some amazing street artists. It's really visual and they have some amazing uh, stories to tell. And also... One of our biggest strengths, I think, at BBC Minute in terms of reaching t uh, younger audiences is diversity. So we did a fantastic series about albinism, which we'll tell you a bit more uh, later on. But again, hopefully one thing you, you can see here already, young faces for sure, and also issues and topics which we think are really relevant uh, for young people. I think that's the, my favorite part about the SSM, which I love the on life as much as I love news, but the on life has a really special place in my heart because... As young people, we don't see a lot of things that we consider important as the top of the, as you know, something that's leading the bulletin or top of the news. And this gives us an, a chance to get on the bandwagon in terms of what do young people care about, what are they talking about, and why is it important to them. And we delve into these topics. We get to speak to people who are affected or who are living through these things. And then turns out, oh, actually, there's actually another community who feels the exact same way. 
there's a group of other uh, there's a group of young people in another country who have been through the same thing and we engage people globally because we're picking on these topics that are not as mainstream but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not news and if you're not convinced yet maybe we can show you a bit of um, qualitative feedback that we've had from some of our wonderful listeners in terms of why we think this is working well let's look at some of the comments some of the feedback we've been getting in terms of what it's like for a young person receiving their uh, news in a one minute format so let's go to the top right here oh man I love the BBC Minute who thought I could learn about the world at large in just 60 seconds um, one of the ones I love is hashtag BBC Minute. BBC can uh, uh, can I do one? I love how quickly I get informed on what happens around the world, and that's also what we want. We want people to realise that okay, news is exciting. This is actually fun, and it's fun to listen to. News doesn't have to be monotonous and boring. Exactly. So we think it's working. We think it's successful. But how? What are our secrets to our success story? Well, you're lucky. You're here, so we're going to tell you. Starting with, oh, by the way, that's Dabula, who's uh, one of our uh, fab presenters, also presenting a, a new show uh, on the on World TV um, aimed at a younger audience uh, in Africa. So that's her in our studio back in London, which I should say, our bulletins do come uh, from London every, every half an hour, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Yeah, we do night shifts. So if I'm looking a little tired, you know why. Um, but of course, we also come out and we do bulletins on the go. So if you listen today to BBC Minute, we've uh, been filing some bulletins right here, actually from Radio Day. So do try and tune in to some of those. So on to secrets of success. Okay, so we touched on this before, but turning your bulletin upside down, completely reinventing the news agenda. So as you can see, we have two photos here, um, both BBC articles, the first of Kanye and his most recent controversial statement. We all know that that's what he's known for. Um, and the second one is Trump's tax bill. So I guess what we're trying to say here is BBC Minute focus on stories more about Kanye in terms of controversial topics, in terms of people that engage younger audiences, people who create a discussion and momentum on social media. Whereas Trump Trump's tax bill, yes, you could argue that we could deliver that in a more convenient way for our audience, but it's usually something that they're not as bothered about. We always try and think what is specifically interesting and relevant for our audiences. Indeed. So the next one is personality so i'm just going to tell you the news now and i work for bbc and here's the news no banned that should never ever be the way if you're monotonous we are not going to be listening we will be unfollowing and stop and turning off our radios personality we really think is key and again you know personality doesn't it's not all about being happy and energetic it's also about being real and relatable so you know the other day we did a story about the lgbt community and listening to some really hard shocking stories and actually it's about putting us as presenters into that story how do we relate and how can we you know uh, start get into those conversations which we probably wouldn't be able to access if we were stuffy and just there with no personality and that's also really unique to our bulletin and how we sound on air because actually there's not one but there's always two presenters giving the bulletin and that basically means we can ad lib and we can present the news in a more conversational and more natural way and I think you know you were talking about this idea about being talked at versus um, actually having a chat right and I think that's a, an important issue yeah definitely and it's uh, part of our delivery is having a comp the news should sound like you're having a conversation with your friend it's like what's the latest updates what's going on you're talking to your friends and that's it it's easy it's understandable and you want to listen and part of our delivery comes from our writing which is our third point um, a rule that we swear by at BBC Minute um, is known as 
Hey. which is accurate, informative, interesting. So, accuracy, pretty straightforward. Check, check again, fact check, fact check again. Get somebody else to fact check for you. Get your editor to fact check. The major challenge we have at Minute in terms of keeping our stories bite-sized is making sure that you don't cut anything, irrele anything relevant out of the stories. You still need to make sure that the whole story is there and that each side is being covered. So that's one extremely important thing we go with. And of course, informative. I mean, what's the point of listening to a news bulletin unless you're going to learn something new? And I know that sounds really basic, but sometimes you can listen to some kind of more traditional forms of bulletins and you have to wait till about the third sentence before you finally get an idea of what is actually get, getting, going on. And most importantly, why is this relevant to me? I'm an 18-year-old in Lagos. Why should I care about this story? And I think that is really our job as storytellers to make it relevant to them. Finally, interesting, kind of speaks for itself. If it's not interesting, we will turn off. Young people don't want to listen to anything that's interesting. Oh, that's not interesting. And being interesting, it's all about delivery, again, about being chatty, being energetic, being informal but informative. And um, we also have this thing. Do you remember at school when, you know, you'd hand in a piece of homework and it would come back in red pen? Okay, well, maybe you know, all of you are very good students. Maybe it's just me, but I remember particularly with um, yeah, my English and French homework, always full of red pen. But we kind of had that same mentality with BBC Minute. When we really look at our scripts, we go literally through it with red pen. Why are we using extra words? We don't need them. Let's sum up a big, complex news story in three sentences. And perhaps I, I challenge you after this to go back to your radio bulletins, look at what you've written, and can you actually filter it down into three sentences? And our answer, we think, is yes. And another thing that's really good to do is once you write a story, which sometimes even we do, just as reminders for each other, you're writing a story, you've got your story there, and then think, can I say this in a more interesting way? Is there a way that I can make this more engaging to younger audiences? Am I starting the sentence the same way I usually started? So it's always good to just keep those questions taking in your mind when you're writing stories. Now, the next one is a big one, probably the buzzword of the decade, fake news. It's an unavoidable challenge that probably everyone in this room is facing. It doesn't matter even what industry you're in. So how can we at the BBC combat that? Well, it's something we're very passionate about and working very hard towards. So I think the first thing is first, checking your sources. BBC Minute is, um, well, very pioneering in the sense we use a lot of digital sources. We use um, uh, programs like Dataminer, Spreadfast, CrowdTangle, Trends24, all these kind of uh, data programs which show us what people are talking about, where and why. Um, now, these are amazing tools, but it's then up to us as journalists to make sure, uh, well, to ensure the veracity of what kind of those trends are, which Sarah can talk to you a bit more about. Okay, so trends that we get on social media, a brilliant place for news gathering, a brilliant place to get stories that are relevant for our audiences, but how do you always know that you know, they're accurate or that you need to verify them? It's always worth, if you find one story on social media, it's always worth searching it into Google, into any search engine, see how many sources you can, you can find just to verify those facts, because as everyone knows, every journalist knows there's nothing worse than putting out a story that is either inaccurate or that is incorrect. It's always important to search for those sources and just to make sure that, okay, you have every single point is correct. And also, 
on that, it's using local expertise. So hopefully within your teams, you have uh, different people who have different kind of uh, knowledge areas. And where are they in the world? Are they traveling at that point? Are they in that area where they might know somebody who's there, who's seen what's happened? Do you have a, a kind of a, a contributor with a kind of political uh, standpoint who's well connected? Can you talk to them? It's all about, it doesn't matter whether you work in a newspaper or you work in radio or social media. It's the same old school journalistic tools of just going straight to the source if you can. And I think as well, the unique thing about BBC Minute we're very lucky and privileged because actually we are the world's biggest broadcaster and certainly in Africa we actually have more reporters on the ground than any broadcaster in the world which means we really can keep our finger on the pulse we can spot something trending and go straight to say Milton in uh, Johannesburg and say hey Milton is, is this true have you have you been looking to the story and you know the great thing with technology he can then record a file on his phone send it through WhatsApp if the internet's not great and we can put that straight into our one minute bulletin. So speaking of trends and how they're tools for news gathering, do you recognize this guy? Thank you, KB, thank you. So uh, King James, and the reason why we picked up on this story was because it was being talked about literally everywhere in the world. So if you're not aware, LeBron James is now transferred to the LA Lakers from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and one of our journalists picked up on the trend, um, looked into it, saw that it was the biggest talking point not only in LA, but on the West Coast, and we decided, perfect, new story. We did an SSM, just unpacking what exactly is the story, who exactly is LeBron James to those who don't know. And that is, that is just a classic example of where we get our news from. It's a big trend, it's a talking point. You go on more than one trending website to see how much is actually being talked about. And then you decide to do something small and unpack it. And it got a lot of engagement because he's, he's LeBron James. Yeah, indeed. And, um I should probably say as well, if you want to listen to any of this, uh, just type in BBC Minutes on Google and there is a wealth of audio. Unfortunately, today, our computer is not playing ball, so we can't play it to you. But look, there are only a minute. So in a quick coffee break today, let's set another challenge on top of your three-line homework, which I'm happy to check, by the way, with my red pen. Also, pop on to uh, bbcminutes.com uh, uh, or go onto our Instagram page as well, BBC Minute, where you can also find more audio and visuals. Talking of digital, to see what I did there? That was very smooth, wasn't it? Um, our final kind of uh, area for tips of success is building those bridges. So making radio go digital. Now, it might seem like two worlds colliding, but for us, actually, they're both extremely complementary and offer another uh, reach and growth potential. So, Saren, can you explain this uh, wonderful uh, meme we have on the screen here? Uh, so just a quick question. Who here, hands up, has Instagram? Okay, and who has Facebook? Okay, so the reason why more young people have Instagram is because my parents have Facebook. So, you know, we get onto social media, then my mum's like, oh, I'm a cool mom, I want to check out what you're doing. And mum's seeing all my photos, so I think, okay, I'm going to move to somewhere else. So now I'm on Instagram, and that's where most of us 20s, 30s, and even teenagers are. But again, our parents are following us, and now my mum has Instagram, and my friends' mums have Instagram, so it's probably only a matter of time until something new pops up where us younger people move over. So this photo is Facebook. Sweetie, that's, you know, it's so last year, but it's actually more like so three years ago, really. Yeah, indeed. And 
It's for that reason. And by the way, you won't be rude if you all go on your phones. If you want to see what we're talking about, BBC Minutes Instagram page is where we're at. So you can quickly log on and have a look before we get onto the nitty gritty of how we do it. And just the stats to show, right? This is proof that people are moving away from Facebook. This is teenagers uh, in the USA. And let's have a breakdown of kind of what this data is telling us. You can all take a quick photo beforehand. So this is a study in the US, and of course, I agree it's US-centric, but as always, the US kind of paves the way uh, for the trends uh, worldwide. And what we're seeing is this. So if you could just click each time. So yeah, YouTube there is taking 85% of the teenage market. Now you might be thinking, why are you talking about video? We're here for radio, I don't understand. Okay, well, did you know this? There are a lot of podcasts on YouTube. A lot of YouTube's views are coming from people getting audio and just shoving it on YouTube and people will, you know, they put it on, and I do this, when I'm cooking in the kitchen, I just go on YouTube, put on some audio and I go about my day. So we shouldn't see these digital platforms as, you know, uh, kind of competitors who have no use for us. We need to think about them as potential kind of facilitators for us to kind of increase our audience share. So that's, that's YouTube. And then look at Instagram, 72% of US teenagers are now using it. And actually, Instagram now has 600 million daily active users. I mean, that is astonishing. And most pertinently, 32 minutes, that's how long uh, teenagers in the US now spend on the platform. Now, imagine for radio, if you were to get, you know, someone, a young person spending 32 minutes in one sitting with you, you'll be probably pretty happy. So what kind of elements can you take from what what Instagram is doing and, and put it into your content making as well? Just to, just to kind of drive home what Olivia just said about 600 active daily users, you need to remember that the majority of those users are young people. So why would you not use Instagram as a means to get, you know, uh, take, uh, sorry, why would you not use Instagram to go ahead, connect with young people and just news gather? You know, there's so much news on Instagram. There's so much being talked about there. It's a perfect way to go and find out what's going on and then to bring it back to your own platform, put your own twist on it and bam, you have your news story. And one thing we think is, has been fascinating for us. So we set up, set up BBC Minutes Instagram page about three months ago, really early days, weren't quite sure how we wanted to use it. And one thing that's astonished us so far, look at our top five cities in terms of followers. So we have London, obviously a very diverse city. Uh, we then have Lagos, we have Dubai, another diversity, Dakar and Accra. So what, what's one theme there? Many, many African cities. And that is, goes to show, again, about the kind of potential reach. If you're wanting to build your brand, if you're wanting to get people to maybe feed back into your content, find stories, a lot of the people are right here. They're on this uh, platform. And also another thing as well, I mean, uh, 80, I think 87% of our followers are under the age of 25, which is huge. Uh, and again, very diff different to kind of traditional uh, broadcasting platforms. And importantly as well for us, which is something we're very proud about. We have 48% 40, of our followers are women, which obviously is almost half, but most social media platforms have majority of followers are male. And that's something at BBC Minute we try and push. We do uh, stories that feature women that are made by women. Um, and despite all of this, and we still have more men, it kind of goes to show that, okay, men are also interested in stories about women. You know, it's not always the mainstream stuff. Um, and this is something that we're really trying to push, pushing to represent women, to, get, to speak to women in communities that are underrepresented or underserved. And again, that's just kind of broadening our whole diversity agenda. 
And talking about those two worlds coming together, we are very much our strategy right now with Instagram and our radio bulletins is to bring the worlds, uh, the two worlds together by matching content. So we are essentially visualizing what is going out on our bulletins. Um, so we've started doing these kind of uh, news snaps, as we like to call it. So when a big story breaks and we're doing it in our bulletin, we're going to match it on Instagram. Um, but you can probably see we're doing it in a slightly different way. We're really going very visually heavy. So we'll try and break down the story, say, about uh, the violence the violence in Gaza and the way we did that we had about three or four slides essentially just giving uh, bite-sized information like we did in our bulletin telling you the kind of key things you want to know and then what we would do is say if you want to hear more and find out more we put a link in our bio so there's a bio on instagram uh, which would then link back to the bbc so the bbc news website or an article with more detail or back to our bulletins where you can listen uh, to that straight away and also again historic handshake i mean who would have thought that you know a 17-year-old in, um, in, in Gaborone in Botswana or, or, or wherever would be interested in this historic handshake in Korea, but it got really great engagement for us and, and lots of people started sharing their comments like, oh, I wish this same historic uh, handshake would happen with my leader or would happen with the leaders in Syria. And it's a, again, for us, it's a real kind of uh, indication of, again, the wealth of, of, and appetite for international and hard news. And also this photo of Korea also proves that Instagram isn't just for soft news. You can still do hard news stories, big stories, big global news stories, and have just as much reaction if the delivery is right. So that's something that's always worth considering. Also, we touched on it earlier, but Instagram stories, you've probably all heard of it now, 300 million daily users. It's kind of Instagram's um, kind of newish baby. Um, and for us, it's perfect. So you basically throughout the day upload 15 second videos or uh, photos uh, with text on and you can update it as much as you want then after 24 hours it's deleted so perfect right if you have a radio bulletin service which is obviously you want it to be up to speed and, and on the pulse we can match that visually through Instagram stories so we do like a daily news roundup we pick three stories which we think are most relevant to our audience and uh, display them in a visual way so for example you'll see the use of text and captions that's because as you mentioned earlier people ain't listening on their phone they are just reading and consuming and seeing so that's how we kind of broke down um, Kanye's um, controversial uh, comments about slavery uh, that's how we did the kind of another historic handshake between uh, Donald Trump and Kim and also look at the kind of um, way we present the young faces they're really upfront so young celebrities again the people who we know our followers uh, want to know about so Ariana Grande we um, we were going to show you that video but essentially was how we break down the Manchester bombings um, in about five slides so hopefully that looks quite different to what you've seen elsewhere on the BBC and that essentially is our aim and our goal but I think the key thing uh, to really round things up in terms of secret success it has to be the white word of diverse, diversity we think it's actually the buzzword frankly of 2018 so not only do we at BBC Minute try and cover diverse stories, but firstly, we have an extremely diverse team. We have more women than men. Um, a lot of people from all over the world, we speak so many different languages, and that is such an advantage, not only just when it comes to trends around the world, which is, say, there's a trend in French that I can't read. Okay, great, Tom, Tom's on it. Tom knows what we're doing. Same thing with um, Spanish stories, same things with stories across Africa and Asia. The diversity in our team is a massive, massive advantage for us. And... What Olivia will tell you about, about this because this is actually her story, but one of the reasons why this particular story did so well is because we tapped into a group of people who you never usually see on the news, or at least portrayed in this way. So diversity in terms of stories and in terms of breaking down stereotypes is something that we really focus on. Yeah, so 
this one, if you scroll down on the BBC uh, Minute Instagram page, you'll be able to see this video, but it was also a multi-platform uh, video, went across the BBC. Uh, so while we're in Dubai, we, we uh, connected again through Instagram with this great uh, young hijabi plus-size model. Now, when have you seen that in mainstream media? Not, not much, if ever, probably. Uh, she was fantastic. Again, a human face, a young woman who's really uh, empowered and determined to break tab- taboos. And so we uh, filmed it out there. We put it straight on Instagram, got a few thousand uh, views in the first couple of hours but then it made for multi-platforms so it went on BBC News Instagram page got about 200,000 views then went on Facebook more hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and then really great got shared on lots of like female blogger sites which is great for us because you know it's great for brand awareness but also putting um you know showing that we the bbc are providing a platform for you um which is really heartening and actually this was some of the reaction we got um on the comments uh, on our page so comments like inspirational thank you bbc um, we had a comment there from uh, you know a young woman in Nigeria, so she's not even in the same country as this woman in Dubai, but she said, this video made my day so much inspiration. Um, and, and I think it's comments like that which for us really show that this model is starting to work and we need to continue to be that voice for underrepresented communities. And just to finish on that note, we also had two more extremely successful videos that came from BBC Minute. The first one here, which was made by one of our colleagues, Hannah, um, had over three million views on Facebook. It was a a video about a girl in London who helps people who are victims of severe acid attacks regain their confidence, and she's a makeup artist. And that's basically, it was an inspiring story, it was heartwarming, and it was a woman doing something different and giving back to society. Um, The second one we had, uh, our Albino video, was the most watched on BBC that day. Again, tapping into a community that you don't really see much in the media. And it's quite funny, actually, because I've had a couple of people from different teams within the BBC, you know, the big ones, Radio 4, Today Programme, asking me, oh, you guys at BBC Minute are doing so well. You know, what are you guys doing differently? And it's, we're just speaking to people. You know, we're going to people. We're seeing what they want to talk about. We're seeing, you know, what's important to them. And we're reporting it. And I think it's easy with news sometimes to forget that news is about the people. It's about going to the people. And that's something that, you know, it makes your job even more enjoyable and even more rewarding. Mm. Exactly that. And in terms of um, the two worlds colliding, um, kind of running off off with this point, so in terms of radio and digital coming together in in a sweet harmony. Um, So one thing that all these videos have in common, we found all these women on Instagram, purely just striking up conversations with them. We, we discovered them through relevant hashtags. And I want to introduce you to this woman called Natasha. So remember that hijabi plus size video we just mentioned? Well, she saw that video and she messaged us on direct messenger on um, BBC Minute. So we followed her back and she said, oh, thank you for following. And we just started talking, having a, you know, a girly chat. Anyway, I then discovered, uh, while sat in Dubai, actually, Natasha is a domestic abuse survivor. She was in a, an abusive relationship for a very long time. That is one of the voices which is, A, very hard to find and very hard to actually uh, put on air. We established a relationship, got talking, and I found out that actually she was using Instagram now as a platform to reach out to women in Nigeria, in Australia, in America, and the UK, who are currently, right now as we speak, in abusive relationships. And she basically started this kind of pen pal conversation, but even more miraculously, she then told us, oh, by the way, I'm actually going to the US next month to go and meet some of the women for the first time. And I thought, wow, what an incredible, incredibly uh, inspiring story, all self-funded. So what we decided to do, we turned that one short conversation into now a 10-minute film, which is going to be broadcast at the end of the month across the BBC. And we're also going to have a whole series um, through our Instagram page focusing 
on domestic abuse, which is going to look a little bit like this. And we're going to hopefully have lots of visuals and have um, women uh, sharing their stories and finally having a voice, which is something that they might have not had otherwise. And I think we're going to end on this, on this image. We think in terms of broadcasting, in terms of radio, in terms of digital content, this for us is the future. Young women speaking up, being given, given a voice. They look trendy. They are empowered. They're woke, if you remember that, what that means. And it's all about just giving people time. Give them the time of day because original journalism, human interest, they're all the things that kind of hit home and that people want to, want to see and want to consume. You were talking earlier about Facebook and how the videos that are most popular on Facebook are the videos that kind of grab your emotion. Give people the time because people have incredible stories. And as journalists, it's very easy to fall into a pattern of reusing people, reusing sources, going over the same type of top line. But giving people time and going and finding something incredibly heartwarming or moving or you know like we just did with natasha that is what journalism is and that is that the type of things that young audiences and people want to hear thank you and that's it <laughs> by the way that's five bulletins equivalent so you can fit a lot in <laughs> Hello, you're great. I love you. Can I join your group? Um, questions about branding. So um, I noticed on the Kanye one and on this one, you don't have BBC Minute as a brand. Is that deliberate? Are you trying to sort of, uh, you know, you're building up your brand, but this is not branded. So that was my question. So the way we do it, we uh, kind of brand inherently. So we don't want to kind of shove our brand in people's faces. So what we do at the start of every story, we have like an opening slide. So we'll come up with, um, you know, BBC Minute in Johannesburg. I think you saw that slide earlier on. Or we'll have um, like BBC Minute on whatever the topic is. So every time before you enter our story, it will be BBC branded. And then in terms of the videos, so on our page throughout, you'll have the, the BBC uh, logo. And also the great thing about um, Instagram, we make sure we tag ourselves and everything. So say if someone repost it immediately it will come up with bbc minute in the caption so we think again it's about because instagram it's a social platform you don't want you don't want to be feel you know you don't want it to feel like oh it's a brand it's like shouting at you like hi we're here it's like no we want to be immersed within you we want to be part of the community and that's for us is, is working well so far um so what really interested me is that with such a short amount of time you guys can cover so much and you appear to do it almost effortlessly so what i wanted to find out is is that the case regarding resources and stuff like that what does your newsroom look like um and then maybe if i could just have a follow-up what's your workflow like when putting together bulletins as filing reporters um, that's a good question in terms of um doing it effortlessly thank you very much because that's how it's meant to sound um <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant job, but it's extremely fast-paced because it's every 30 minutes. So it's a big team effort. Everybody's looking at different sources, at different websites for different stories because we're a global bulletin. Bringing all of them together, everyone pulls their weight. You know, everybody writes, and everybody has to write well. Um, we run off to the studio, which is only about 10, 20 feet away, record in the studio, and come back and edit. Um, so it's seamless and effortless. Um, but yeah, it's just all about kind of that writing um, and then the delivery as well. That's something that kind of everybody has to do. We all, we all have to 
we all have to sound excited. We all have to sound engaging. We all, I mean, it's easy to when you want to, but we work overnight. So when 3 a.m. is here and you're like, oh my God, I am dying. But you know, you have, you have to stay awake because somebody's tuning into the bulletin for the first time. And if they don't like what they, what they hear, then there's, you know, then we don't blame them for tuning off because that exactly, that's what young people are doing right now. So it's really important for us to kind of stay up and keep that energy up at all times. Congratulations and thank you very much. Um, I was wondering about when you were talking about the choice between Kanye and his comments on Twitter and the tax bill, uh, some of the tax bill really has very serious implications for young people who are your audience. So I was just wondering about your thinking on topics that initially might not seem, hey, they're a match for our audience, but actually they have a real connection to the impact on what it's going to mean for your audience's lives. So, um that's a absolutely, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head there in your question. So in terms of um, Kanye versus the Trump bill, so I agree with you. It's not about actually choosing one or the other. It's actually about finding what is the most relevant angle. So for us, absolutely, we do Trump stories and we do them a lot, but we refuse to do that style where it's like, this is what's happening economically for a general audience, probably over 50. No, if we're going to do a Trump uh, tax story, as you rightly mentioned, we're going to look straight at the youth angle. Well, what does this mean for the lining of their pockets? And at the t same time, where they have other uh, things infringing on their kind of economic autonomy. Um, so I think for us, it's not about not doing hard international stories. It's all about finding your inline. We don't really want to be talking about how pensioners are going to be affected. We want to be talking about how young people are affected. And I think at, that means actually as journalists, we have to work harder because actually most of the, the wires you guys probably get are all about that general economic view. It's all about the kind of, you know, middling sorts and kind of slightly older people. It's really hard to have new, news wires come to you purely focused straight away on the youth angle. And that's when you have to be putting uh, your resources and your efforts. And just to kind of flip that on, you know, upside down with the Kanye story and for maybe a more traditional kind of news program or bulletin, um, it's more about kind of looking and thinking, okay, can I take something from this story and kind of get something from that instead, a different type of element. I know the BBC with the Kanye story didn't cover it so much, but a lot of radio programs then went into um, mental health within black communities. They looked at fact checking with uh, US slavery. And, you know, it's just, you don't have to get on the bandwagon of that controversial mainstream debate, but still you can kind of pick and choose little topics from within. Okay, last one. Um, hi, I just wanted to ask, uh, for example, the LeBron uh, story, the LeBron James story, do you guys, uh, is your newsroom kind of like time bound in terms of delivering the content on time, for example? Mm -hmm. Because that story was everywhere. So is there some sort of time frame deadline that you guys have for a certain story? Uh, yes, there's always, always a time frame, especially with our SSMs. We always try to get them out um, BST in, in the UK by uh, 1 p.m., um, especially when it's a talked about story. So if we kind of we wake up and we see that that story is has already been trending because we're five hours ahead of the East Coast or, you know, ahead of time in the U.S., um, the first thing we do, even before we get into work, is start thinking, okay, which sports journalist can we get on who can kind of break this down for us and we can do it, hopefully get, get an interview by 8 or 9 a.m., turn it over and get it out because it needs to be out ASAP, as you know, with news before, before everybody else does it. Yeah. And 
I also think, uh, by the, but by the same token as well, at the BBC, we really believe it's not always about getting there first, it's about getting there, getting it right. And actually, I think for everyone in this room, especially when there's such a pressure now because everything's trending, you just want to be on the pulse. We can still be on the pulse, but make sure that when we do put that bulletin out, every single detail we're absolutely sure is there. And, you know, it's about being honest with your audience as well. When you're constantly in a rolling uh, bulletin scenario, be honest with the audience, say, this is happening. We can't give you more details yet because they haven't been confirmed, but we're working on trying to find out what's happening. And I think that transparency as well is really refreshing for an audience. Let's be more open about our news processes and not so closed. Okay, we've run out of time. Any more questions? As I mentioned before, you can tweet us on Instagram. And, we'll ask and uh, follow us, BBC Minute Instagram. Thank you. <laughs>